want these shoes. I want to go home. Oh, I wouldn't discount those shoes, honey. And don't ever take them off until you do get home. Remember, Miss One told you. Oh, pardon me. Miss One's the name, and if you haven't guessed by now, numbers is my game. And now that you've freed us, we can all go back to running our business. We can all go back to running our business. We can all go back to running our business. But where am I? Where am I? You're in Munchkin land. The indivisible land of Oz. Oz? Where's my home? Where's Annie? Where's New York? New York. 433 Prospect Place. Ooh, 433. You want to play more than one number today, honey? I got a freedom special. No. Three numbers for the price of one. I don't want to play any numbers. I just want to get home. Oh, well, now that all ever means numbers up, that leaves only three, which is an Oz. One, myself. But my powers don't amount to much. And number two, Glenda, the good witch of the South. Oh, she's a real star, but you can hardly catch her in. And number three, the multi-horrid, Eveline, the Wicked Witch of the West. Ever means even uglier sister. But I don't think it'd be a good time to ask her for a favor. So I figured the odds are only the Wiz could cipher how to get you back to witches of that place was. The Wiz? What's a Wiz? What's a, what's a whiz? Oh, darling, he's the ultimate. The ex-quotient, the new man, the common denominator, the main man, the head honcho. Bottom line, honey, numero uno. Where is he? Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. Lordy. Are you ready to ease on down the road? I, oh, my goodness. I am ready. I, I have such great memories of this movie. I have, I have false memories of this movie that sure. we're going to go into. We'll be getting into it. <laughs> yeah, but I have a lot. I go way back with this one. Listeners, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are the movies, movies that, made that made us gay. gay. Welcome back to the podcast, our friend Christian Turner. Last on for Purple Rain. Christian, yes. welcome back. Hello, hello. I'm getting all the really great, like, musical. Yo, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about, I didn't even think of that. And we had you over today to watch The Wiz, directed yes. by Sidney Lamette, released October 24th, 1978. Mm-hmm. The Wiz. So, famously on the podcast, we have never done The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. We have come the very close to doing the 1939 Wizard of Oz, but we have not gotten to it yet. Yeah. Okay, so can I admit something kind of blasphemous and homophobic? Okay, this (laughs) is a safe space. It's okay. I have never seen The Wizard of Oz. Fascinating. I am not a friend of Judy. (laughs) That's so interesting. (laughs) So you're the one. How did you manage that? Um, I I was I grew up in a really big family, and so Mm. by the time I came around, I'm the youngest of eight kids. By the time I came around, no one was trying to like sit down and watch children's movies with sure, me. Yeah, sure, yeah, so, I get that. <laughs> it was fully like, oh, he's watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've dabbled in The Wizard of Oz because we have done Return to Oz. Yeah, are you familiar with Return to, Oz? Return to Oz? The weird sequel movie from the 1980s. No, I am not. With Feruza Balk from The Craft. What? Yeah, yep. it's wild. It's 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 more scary than anything. But um, okay, to that point, sure. 
Oh. Whiffy was scary as hell. Yo, oh. the, the subway scene, like Ari Aster yeah. has nothing on, on nothing. the Wiz. Mm-hmm. Like knowing what I know about Wizard of Oz yeah. and the Wiz, and really, any, I've seen the Wiz, and then there was this really great um, sci-fi miniseries with Zoe Deschanel. Yes, Tin Man, Tin Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I remember Tin Man. And those were always like. Okay, these are a little unsettling. Right. So, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of people have that uh, those memories of this movie being like um, uh, scarred for life, maybe <laughs> with some of, some of the scenes. Uh, like you said, Scott, the subway, uh, the subway pillars coming to life. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about yeah. that when I saw it today, and I was like, "Ooh, the flying monkeys were cool, but also kind of frightening." Because their faces were like weird, grotesque, like mm-hmm. mask situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, some interesting stuff. I mean, this movie is visually so cool. Yeah. Like, I wrote that in my stuff. notes. I was like, the costume design, yeah. the set design, everything yeah. is just so wonderful to look at. Yeah. But also, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, what are your earliest memories of The Wiz? Did you grow up on it? Yes and no. I grew up on the music before I did the whole Hamilton thing, listened to the soundtrack before seeing it. Yeah. Um, And that's mainly because I was just a huge, like, anything that was Jackson. I was like, ooh, I must have it. I must listen to it. Yeah. Um, And then I don't think I was... Maybe till I was in my 20s that I first saw The Wiz all the way through because streaming became a thing. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm like I don't watch it all the time, but it is right. it's a it's a fun little movie to kind of. <laughs> I find it a movie that um, when Pete and I will put it on, we usually make it to about forty five minutes. Why? Yeah. I would say you get kind of the big the, uh, the you get the, the big numbers. The Emerald get- City. I'm sorry. The Emerald City <laughs> at, the, at the World Trade Center, RIP, like that's one th- That's one whole thing, right? right. Is a huge set piece right. takes place in the World Trade Center Plaza, right? right? And that's not why I turn it off. <laughs> it's like, oh. In memory, in memory of 9-11. No, it's just that is a lot. It, that's that. Dance number is, I mean, it is great. It's a spectacle. Mm-hmm. What, did, what, did we, what did they say? 200 dancers, something Disco. like that? Yep. Something over two hundred, something insane. Over two hundred extras, but yeah. The, but the thing is, uh, it gets a little boring. <laughs> it gets a little boring, <laughs> you know. I like give me ease on down the road. Give me like I'm a mean old lion. Oh my god, yeah. I was I was bucking all the way down <laughs> the train platform, listening to I'm a mean old lion today on the way to work. I was like, oh, this is was a it on good your was on song. your was on your subway playlist? I mean, I just played it. I was just like, I'm play this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so there's such great, like, big number. I mean, and that is a big number, but I don't know, just something about that portion of the movie that yeah. always just kind of, I'm like, all right, let's take a break. You- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a minute to talk about Squarespace. You're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that point, yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, we barely get Richard Pryor, but it's just his voice, and that's mm. funny, and he's like, oh, now how about Red, you know? Right. Um, and all that, but. Yeah, there's there's parts of it where we're just like, all right, now it's it's time to just it slows down a little. Yeah, well, we need to do something else. Yeah, or wash a dish. Yeah. Or what something. are your earliest memories of the Wiz? Okay, so I do remember this being on uh, cable a lot as a kid, and um, I remember every scene. Like I remember uh, Eveline and Brand New Day and all that, and I remember. Um, Glenda, I remember Lena Horne. I only knew who Lena Horne was because of the Cosby Show, 
And, you know, they would often have a lot of, you know, um, like guest stars, guest stars on it. And they were like big musicians. Mm -hmm. And like we as kids had no idea who like, you know, Dizzy Gillespie and Lena Horne was. But I knew that they were like, that's Cliff Huxtable's friend or whatever. So (laughs) I knew she was, you know, a big uh, performer. And so I remember her song, but her song at the very end. So I must have watched yep. it all the way through right. at some point. But I feel like because it was on cable a lot, I just would get little bits and pieces of where it was mm. and all that. And as we're watching it uh, today, we're, uh, you know, spoiler alert, they kill Eveline. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? And Brand New Day comes on. Mm. And, they, and the song starts, and I'm thinking, don't... Why do I remember them being half naked singing and they don't take their clothes off until like the sun? Sure. <laughs> yes. This is on for like two minutes. I was like, did I? Re- we're good, I think- like, we're a good four and a half minutes into the song. I'm thinking, <laughs> in, my, I'm thinking in my head, I didn't even say anything. And I'm thinking, am I thinking, am I mis- confusing this with Captain EO? <laughs> Like, no. no, 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 and then they start unzipping, and I was like, "Oh, there we go." But I thought the water like washed away. They're like, they're ugly. No, I think in my on. mind, I thought the same thing. There right. was a lot about this movie that I was like, "That is not how it's <laughs> sure. going." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I also remember as a kid being very fascinated by uh, how specifically New York this movie is yeah. and being in LA I was like oh okay like I understood the city and I understood like New York City but you know um very specific things like you know the subway in Coney Island and the library and uh even like Alphabet City like I didn't understand so like I was crossing the bridge again to see is that George Washington Bridge no I think they're on the Brooklyn Bridge Brooklyn when bridge. they go to the Emerald City yeah later in the movie mm-hmm but where they meet Miss One, that's at like the state fair or whatever. Like it's there's so there's so much New York that I always thought was really really cool, and I always specifically remember that stuff. Um, but yeah, the music was really what why I would be like, oh, I'm gonna watch this again, right? As a, as a kid, I remember watching this movie on the Disney Channel. Oh, this would sort of they be, would play this on the Disney. They wow, would play yeah. this <laughs> on the Disney Channel back just sort sort of when it was a renegade cable station that they just used to license <laughs> yeah, they movies would, for. They would get weird movies. They would get weird yeah, movies. And right. I remember watching this a few times. Yeah. And it's one of those movies, too, that I don't think I ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end. Sure. I would always just get bits of it. Yeah. And I would always be really excited for it. Sure. Just because I think there was just something about this movie of being a little kid that grew up in the country that was so foreign to me. Right. Because this is just uh, an environment that I was very not familiar with. Yeah. And, and it was cool, yeah. too, because as a kid, knowing Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. and seeing how yeah. they kind of translated it through this, like, er, quote-unquote, urban lens, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to ask, as someone who hasn't seen Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. but knows kind of the source material yeah. well enough, how close was this to, like, the movie? It hits the same... Plot beats. beats. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it hits beats, but it kind of makes the, the it kind of makes the nineteen 19- shit monster. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there's no giant toilet <laughs> in the 1939 Wizard of Oz. It makes that one kind of feel like a storybook version, mm-hmm. like a little golden book mm-hmm. of Wizard of Oz. And then this is like the more expanded because it's so much longer and there's, you know, they're, they're able to fit so much more in. Right. But um, I mean, the first thing that you notice as a kid, you're like, why is Dorothy old? Yeah. She's not a little kid. And I know that was a big, (laughs) and I know that was a big change from the 1974 musical, The Wiz, The Super Soul, Wizard of Oz, which is the retelling of the Frank Baum story, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. And I know in that musical, I think that it's more straight up Wizard of Oz story. And it's, Dorothy is is like a kid. It's not New York. It's Mm -hmm. not like Thanksgiving in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. It's just straight up Kansas, Oz story i don't know if it's set in kansas I, it, is. It, it is it is oh it's still yeah. in kansas okay. yeah it mm-hmm. is it is um yeah and uh i but i think that dorothy and the whiz is a teenager sure. and diana ross is playing 24 she was well into her 30s i believe <laughs> yes. <laughs> respectfully yes. she was I mean, well into know. her 30s playing a 24 year old yeah and another reason why I wanted to do the Wiz in the podcast is a chance to talk about the icon, Diana Ross, yes. who we have – I mean, Diana Ross had acted before. I mean, she had been nominated for an Oscar for, for Mahogany? Uh, or no, Lady Sings the Blues. The blues. She okay. lost to Liza. Oh. <laughs> Both her and Cecily Tyson were nominated the same year. Okay. It was a big deal. With a Z. Mm-hmm. Not for nothing, but I saw Cabaret for the first time the other night, too. Oh, so. good but movie. That's another long one. Hard, to, yeah. hard <laughs> to compete with Liza that year. Yeah, very so, true. So <laughs> my thing about Diana Ross is as a kid uh, in the early 80s, I'm very familiar with Diana Ross because she's still a very big pop star. You know, disco is just kind of dying down. And you kind of have – she's very much in the zeitgeist and the public kind of eye. And so to me, I, I, my vision of Dana Ross is the big hair bouncing up and down mm-hmm. and singing into the crowd and, uh, and the rain pouring down and just like in Central Park and all yeah. that. And then you see this and her performance is very specific in this movie. It's kind of sad. <laughs> it's very sad. She's crying yep. a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> she sounds so sad and yeah. her eyes are just dead and you're like, yeah. what is And she's wearing like, it's not gray. I'm sure it's like, I'm sure in person it's a lovely lilac or something, right. but it just looks gray on yeah. her in the movie and her hair is just... Yeah, not a lot going on, you know, and you're just like, that's not Diana Ross. Come on, especially how I mean, yeah, I, I kind of my I grew up with Diana Ross, yeah, because um, my parents are both of the Motown era, mm-hmm. and they would just Saturday mornings, you wake up, you clean, and there would be yeah. Diana Ross yeah. playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, so yeah, I think. Even and like I said, even as a kid listening to the soundtrack, you would see clips of the Wiz, right? And me then making the correlation between that being Diana Ross on TV, but the Diana Ross on this Eaten Alive cover doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then if you do see her other movies, and like you said, Mahogany, because I'm a winner, <laughs> I'm a winner, baby. <laughs> like her performance in that is like. Have you ever boom. seen Mahogany? <laughs> I have not. Mahogany is. It's wild. Wild. <laughs> it's crazy. And when you watch yeah. it and then you watch an episode of Drag Race, then you fully get it of like, oh, so this is like RuPaul's – she's the one. Right. Yeah. She, like he puts her in all of her – he puts her in all of these little bits of the show that is just like – And a, a lot of it is a reference. It's just sort of movie, a salute yeah. to Diana. 
Okay. Yeah. But specifically from Mahogany or Yeah, just, like okay. like her saying I'm I'm a winner baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's directly from that. Did you see those people? They love me. They all love me. The men love me. The women love me. Mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then there's the classic. Diana Ross, the boss. When she got on that scale, yes, it said mahogany. Oh, mm-hmm. the men love it, the women love it, they all love it. <laughs> this was a real heavy Diana Ross. This was like Diana Ross about 4.30 in the morning after a couple packs of cigarettes. Unfortunately, that is not a match. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Milan Snatch Game was my only reference for Mahogany. Yeah. And then when we watched it, I'm like, just like oh, oh I get it. Yeah, it's all coming together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, I was I was a little kid at the time, but I still remember my mom was very into Motown and disco. My mom loved Donna Summer. She loved Diana Ross. She loves, you know, all like she loved a lot of Motown music. We listened to it a lot. And I, as a little kid... I have to picture it. It's the uh, early to mid to late. It's all it's all of the eighties, and the uh, stand up comedy boom is like huge, right? And they would have shows on TV, like uh, late night shows, where they would just have stand up comics, and they would often sometimes they would make Diana Ross jokes. And there's the whole like reach out and touch like thing, and but there was like footage of her like kind of not wanting to touch like you know so they would kind of make jokes about her being like this this diva and whatever and there were a lot of jokes about diana and michael you know um there were a lot of jokes about i mean for real there were jokes about diana and michael being the same person <laughs> it's like bitch they made a whole movie together <laughs> Make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense. Come on, comedians. Get your shit together. No, you haven't seen them both in the same room. Actually, you Actually, have. Actually, you have. Uh, many many yeah. times. <laughs> Two and a half hours worth. Uh, but um, Michael in this movie and Michael and Diana in this movie, it's crazy because we're watching it. Last, and, you know, I've seen this movie countless times. We're watching it last night. And they start singing Ease on Down the Road together. Mm-hmm. And their voices together are almost... You almost can't tell when who's yeah, singing yeah. what part because their voices together are so like perfectly matched. Yeah, it's it was so crazy. wonderful. Though. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so good. <laughs> and the whole like craziness about this movie is like this movie does have a crazy history of how it got made. You know, switching directors, Motown, uh, Motown Productions. They have done yeah. a few movies. They mainly have done made-for-TV movies and specials, but they produce this. Okay, so with, with Ken Harper, but I, they got it from Ken Harper, who did the stage show. Okay, and when when they uh, adapted it, um, Stephanie Mills was intended to be Dorothy, and then once Diana Ross made it noticed with once Diana Ross voiced that she wanted to be Dorothy, Universal pretty much like catered to Miss Ross's needs, sure, because they had a giant star to headline their movie. Right, I just like I wondered what mm-hmm. was the. What inspired Diana to say, like, I want to play Dorothy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, a movie of the whiz. Like, I'm sure the show is pretty popular, like right. the stage production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure she was just like, fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Won, won the 1975 uh, 
Tony for best musical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure she was just like, that's that's it. Like, I'm just probably want, looking want for projects. Yeah. Back when she would act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the story of like bringing Michael on board, and then that's where he meets Quincy Jones, and mm-hmm. then that whole relationship moves forward mm-hmm. for like off the wall and bad. And it's like that's insane. Yeah. If Michael wasn't in this movie, there like. We may not have off the wall may not have been the album that it was, and then everything else after that, right? Which is crazy. And Universal invested a lot of money into this. I mean, at the time, it was the most expensive musical ever made. I mean, look at it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and also seriously. the most expensive oh musical God. led by black people too, which would have been a huge cast. deal. Oh yeah, yeah for sure mm-hmm. in the seventies. I did read, and I don't know if you guys were bringing this up in the spoiler alert, no. that people hated this movie. Yeah. It was not liked yeah. at the time. Because <laughs> I think critics really compared it to the musical, which it is different from. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I read that. I was looking through the Wikipedia because that's what I always do when I oh, come here. And yeah. I was just like, <laughs> like, you hear about it these days and you're just like, you can't mention Michael or Diana without mentioning the Wiz. So it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. it, they must have loved it. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, no, they, <laughs> they I think really did not like it. She yeah. in particular, I think, got most of the bad reviews, too. I think Michael was pretty well received. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. I read that too, and it yeah. was mostly because they thought she was too old for the part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. So our our kind of consensus is that she's playing this role very melancholy. She's crying a lot. Um, she's not very happy in it. I, it looks like she's all in gray. But you know, I, the source of like the book, mm-hmm. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and then the 1939 movie. Um, well, actually. Let me take it back a little bit. The source, the book, The Wizard of Oz, it is like paragraph three. It's like, there's a tornado. Like, <laughs> She's an Oz. There is a, not <laughs> yeah. a lot of, like, Kansas mm-hmm. backstory. It's like, there once was a girl named Dorothy. She lived in Kansas. Then there was a tornado. <laughs> and like, and she goes to Oz. Um, but I think the 1939 movie did it so well in that making all the Kansas stuff in the black and white or the sepia mm-hmm. and then, you know, Oz being so colorful. And I think the whole idea is that like, yeah, in like Dust Bowl era, Kansas, it's pretty freaking bleak, mm-hmm. you know? And, and in the Wiz, she's just this lonely school teacher Yeah, and it doesn't York. seem like mm-hmm. a bleak life she's living. She's got all this family in this like apartment, you know, like it's Thanksgiving, like everybody's there. You know, there's that one guy who looks like he likes her. Or I don't know if I read into that too much. She she's taking coats, yes, and like she takes somebody's coat. And one guy goes to like say something, and she just grabs the coats and turns around and oh. walks away. <laughs> and he's there, and he's like, "Hmm." Oh, I didn't take that yeah. as anyone. I thought it was just like an uncle who was just like, "No, maybe, not today. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it probably was." Because I don't know. They, maybe they made it what would have made a better, bigger deal of it if it was. Because why would he be there if he wasn't family? Yeah, right. Um, Auntie yeah. M per, uh, played by Teresa Merritt. Yes. And I looked it up. Um, and she's in... She's in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Yes. Have you seen Best Is Little Whorehouse in Texas? Yes, I have. Yeah, she's like the... I mean, she works at the whorehouse. She works at the whorehouse. How have yeah. I never caught yep. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I remember her from That's My Mama, uh, which was a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> which was a sitcom in uh, the 70s, but I have vague memories of in reruns. I'm not old enough to actually watch That's My Mama, but she was... Mama. Right. And Eveline was on What's Happening. And she was the mom on What's Happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that. We, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, she was not on What's Happening Now. I don't think they brought the mom back for that. <laughs> <laughs> for that. Uh, and What's Happening is with Raj and Rerun. Yes. Not 
give me a break. That is Nell Carter. Yeah, don't make that mistake. <laughs> well, don't make that mistake. Yeah, we were just kind of getting getting our uh, '80s black sitcoms confused. <laughs> um, where were we? Oh, yeah, we're, what were we talking about? Her Can, life was her, just kind of just kind of introduces it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I th- I feel like. It didn't. They, they were, we're not making it as if she had like such a sad life because she had this wonderful family life. But the mom was kind of like, "You're old, <laughs> you're grown, you have a job, move out." Which I was kind of like. Okay. I wrote in my notes. I'm like, "This is the nice way I've ever seen a black woman say, yeah. get the fuck out of my yeah. house, <laughs> <laughs> grow up and go.'" Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, Auntie M, you're so nice. <laughs> like, yeah. She, I mean, she was doing it in the nicest way possible. But I always, I always say, I always compare it, you know, when I talk to Scott about his kind of experience um, and being a white <laughs> teen and just the whole, like, I'm 18, by family, by childhood bedroom, I'm out, I'm going to college, I'm moving out, and then now I move out. But being um, a brown person, I've always kind of said that, you know, we we have a lot of like, okay, well, if you're not married, then why are you moving out? Save your money (laughs) (laughs) and live with your mom forever. Why would you want to live by yourself? Yeah. (laughs) You know? I can cook for you. Yeah. All All that rent? Why are you wasting all that? You have a room here, you know? But then there's, I, there's always parents who are just like, you know, you're grown. Yeah. You're grown. It's time. (laughs) <laughs> well, I feel like in, in Dorothy's sense or in this version of Dorothy, it was just she was too timid to do anything. Like yeah. when she said, like, yeah. sound like she was like afraid to go six blocks away. Like, yes. Yeah. You don't yeah. go past 125th Street ever. It's yeah. just like, She's like, why do I have to? <laughs> Arrested development? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. of Dorothy as this young woman who hasn't quite found her passion or any guidance in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she's a school teacher, but. You know, and I think maybe, that's maybe go past and that's years. kind of really the growth that I think the screenwriter Joel Schumacher, which movies that, that made us gay, so like icon Joel Schumacher, <laughs> yeah. treasure on our podcast because he adapted this from yeah. Yeah. the stage book of the musical. And from what I understand, he did not take a lot of the dialogue or even characters from the musical, like a lot of it sort of he created. Okay. Which is also very funny to me that this white man wrote. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. one is Joel Schumacher but, and two. But, yeah. <laughs> but Joel Schumacher is so interesting because he also wrote Sparkle and Thank God It's Friday. I did. And he was sort of. Which one's Thank God It's Friday? That's with, uh, that's Last Dance with, with Donna Summer. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> weird. Yeah. And he was just sort of the that's staple so of New York society, particular with particularly with Studio 54. Sure, okay. And I think that's where he knew Diana Ross. I think that he was friends with... He was definitely friends with Halston. Yeah. And they all sort of ran in this crew and, yeah, just adapted the whiz. So interesting. That absolutely kind of makes sense now. (laughs) Um, I was talking to my partner on the way here and he was telling me he was just like... Because he's seen the movie before and he was just kind of like yeah no this was made in like a coke fueled rage (laughs) he's like this he he said this movie and flash gordon are two movies that stand out to him kind of being the same 
And I was just like, oh, yeah, no, this is like a Coke-laden... Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But then there's the whole, like, weird subtext in the script. Are you familiar with this? The weird... I mean, I guess it's not weird because, I mean, it's self-help. It's, it's like self... Weird. It's self-actualization, which, I mean, all sorts of people borrow from. Right. But it is Weiner... Er, it is Weiner... Erhard? Erhard's teaching, teachings and his... Erhard Seminar Training, the Est Movement. Erhard Seminar Training. This was a thing in the late 70s and the early 80s that a lot of celebrities, this guy, Werner Erhard, <laughs> he just would hold these talks and just have these self-actualization talks, right? And, you know, it's when you read into it, it's nothing sinister. No. You know, he didn't, like charge like exorbitant amounts of money or have like child labor or have like people get married on the ocean and like give their firstborn children. It's not Scientology is what I'm saying. But a lot of these celebrities really bought into it. And, you know, it's like I said, we were saying it's self-actualization and believe in yourself and Mm -hmm. all of that. And Joel Schumacher and Diana Ross were big proponents of the EST training, the Earhart seminar training like program. And so people who knew about i think it was just kind of a lot more well known at the time and people were kind of made fun of it and they were just like what is this weirdo like why are you giving him money like he's not really telling you anything like it's just sort of living up to your full potential yeah it's like the secret as the yes, full the secret. secret exactly <laughs> yeah. that's what okay. god said secret. yesterday yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah or the eckhart tolle oh okay yes, yes. books yeah. like kind of stuff like that yeah gotcha. and okay. so um i guess a lot of like like buzzwords and catchphrases from these trainings kind of got put in to the songs that Schumacher wrote. And so it's the, all the believe in yourself from the very end, the last song that, that Lena Schumacher or, uh, or, or Quincy Jones. Cause didn't Quincy Jones primarily write the music? Oh, but I thought he, I thought Joel Schumacher wrote the lyrics cause everybody says that. Oh, well, I think that he just wrote the script. Okay. So okay. A kind of all of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I get that the most with Diana and Michael's scenes together where you can really see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause her whole thing with the scarecrow is just like, yeah, you have to like believe that you can get down off this <laughs> fence. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, so there I mean it's it's that's all in the Wikipedia too and all the like IMDb trivia, all the stuff about this Est movement. And, and even the producer Rob Cohen is. who uh would later become a very rich man from the Fast and the Furious movies with Universal. Oh he was one of the main execs at uh he's one of the main execs at Universal. Okay. Um he talks about the script before I knew it. The movie was becoming an est, an estian fable full of est buzzwords about knowing who you are and sharing and all of that. I hated the script a lot. It was hard <laughs> to argue with Ross because she was recognizing in the script of all of the stuff that she had worked out in the est seminars. Yeah. So even as they were making it, Rob Cohen was kind of like, this is too much. Well, like we just need to be making a Wizard of Oz movie. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean that's there in the story, and Joel but yeah, and Diana were probably just like it, it that's fits, like that. That's like that talk themes. we just yeah. read, and then they just added more stuff in there. Oh uh, my god! But you know, um, so let's. I mean, we should talk about our favorite songs from this. Yeah, because uh, I mean, he's on down the road is so good. <laughs> I, I think, mean, <laughs> right? 
Scott, do you have a favorite song from this? I mean, we opened like? up our episode on my favorite song, sung by Thelma Carpenter. He's the Wiz. He's the Wiz. I love that song. It's a good one. It's so good. Yeah. And just that whole number is just so crazy. Mm. They're, I mean, they're running around this insane structure. So that's another scary scene, too, because mm-hmm. though they start out as graffiti and they come out the wall. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Like, yeah. how is this marketed to children? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why were they showing this on Disney she, Channel? <laughs> she just fell out of, like, a tornado into, like, a pit of popcorn or something. And the graffiti comes alive. Yeah. And, was... and they start making crazy noises. Yeah. They're, like, hooting and hollering, and it's weird. Like these shadows are walking yeah. out of the walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a good song, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my favorite song. Sure. I mean, well, okay. So we've talked a little bit about Michael. We should, I guess, it's not a preface anymore, but we'll just say it is what it is. <laughs> this is late 70s Michael. <laughs> he is 18 when he made Eight, this movie. Yeah, 18, 19. 19. Uh-huh. So, you know, he's he's a kid himself. Uh, you know, we're not here to comment on any other scandalous stuff we get, we get the legacy michael. of michael is very complicated it's very there. complicated mm-hmm. storyline we're gonna pull the separate the art from yeah, the artist yes right yeah i think we're gonna have it's to do that very complicated but yeah. there is just something about michael that just is such an influence on so many people and in yeah. music and in yeah. pop culture so he's you kind of like you just can't quite ignore it no. yeah mm-hmm. it's great yeah um, especially in this movie like you see mm-hmm. him performing and singing you're just like oh my god um i did notice like his also like his body movement the the way that he was just like ambling about as the scarecrow but then would dance all of a sudden just like oh okay and just do like those spins yeah you're like whoa (laughs) what the hell um was this i'm gonna say something really ignorant because i feel like i should know this um was this his only movie other than moonwalker (laughs) <laughs> I mean, are we counting Captain EO? Captain EO oh. is not a feature-length movie. <laughs> not a feature-length movie. It's a short. It's a short. It's a short. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think mostly he would do shorts like or long-form music videos, but I don't think he did any more any feature more film okay. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, I guess he was just too busy in the 80s. Doing all those albums, he didn't have the times and those long form videos. I had not seen. (laughs) I had not seen um, Moonwalker until Pete found it from a. uh, Found it in Mexico. He found it in Mexico because there was a time where Moonwalker was hard to get a hold of. Yes, it was out of print in the states. It was out of print in the states, and we and we bought a Blu-ray for it, and that shit was wild. Oh, I love Moonwalker. Yeah. And yes, it's impossible to find, but when I was growing up, if you'd watch MT- or MTV or VH1 at like yeah. 12 o'clock on a Saturday, they were airing anything that was Michael Jackson. Moonwalker was yeah. definitely one of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but okay. That, that was <laughs> yeah. a random question I thought of. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good question because mm-hmm. the other thing about Michael is that like Janet, very natural actor. Yeah. Very good. I think he's just like Yeah. I think his performances in in you know in this and um are 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 really good and so it is interesting. I know he had a lot of interest in being in other movies that just didn't pan out, you know. Yeah. Like a, he, he really lobbied hard for Hook and he really lobbied hard for 
Jar Jar Binks, I guess. I don't know if that's I'm at best as a full. I'm at best as a whole story about that. But I'm at best as a whole story about that. Um, Yeah. And Captain Neo, he's very he's uh, captivating in that. I always thought he was a very just a good natural actor. It's mm-hmm. like okay, um, he could he could have done more acting work, but he right. just didn't get didn't get around to it. Um, yeah, but I love all his performances in this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, "Ease on Down the Road" just being a a, a, a really great song, and I. I feel like I remember hearing it on the radio, like as oh, a, interesting. like as a single. What, yeah, what station in LA would play it? Kiss FM, probably. Okay, or maybe maybe Coast. I mean, I mean it makes sense. Maybe Coast one hundred three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Kiss was the top forty station, so or still is. So maybe mm-hmm. I think they they might have played it, but I feel I could be just pulling that out of my behind because I also have a false memory of this being one of the plays that they produced on Head of the Class, <laughs> but they only did Hair and Little Shop of Horrors, and so I don't know why I'm thinking of that, <laughs> but I know for a fact that this was featured. The Wiz is heavily featured in an episode of The Facts of Life. Okay, I want to hear this. You haven't seen this. Okay, so I mean, this has been a big Facts of Life week because... In in Facts of Life news. In Facts of Life news, (laughs) it was just added on Tubi. Yes. Oh, okay. All seven seasons. So if you're not home between the hours of uh, 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. and can't watch the six-hour block... On Logo. On Logo. Yeah. (laughs) You can catch it on Tubi for free. So uh, Tootie, as played by uh, Kim Fields... Mm -hmm is her whole arc through all nine seasons is that she is an actress. She's going to be an actress. She's going to make it big. The day of her high school graduation, she has an audition. And she tells her mother and Mrs. Garrett and the girls, oh, um, I'll just meet you at the party after. I'm not going to be at graduation because I have an audition. And they're all like shocked and appalled. And Mrs. Garrett pulls her aside and is just like, you know, Tootie, you can't do this to your mother. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they ultimately fix it so that she can audition later on. But the audition is for Dorothy and the Wiz. And they do this thing where it's Kim Fields on a stage with a curtain behind her and a light in her face and the camera on her. And it's like the whole audition. And that's all. You don't hear anybody else. And you hear her. And she sings a cappella, Ease on Down the Road. And Kim Fields is a great actress. Not a singer. Hmm. <laughs> so she's singing a cappella, Ease on Down the Road. And then she's... And it's Facts of Life. It's like 1986. So she, it's very, like, earnest TV. And she's like, what did you think of that, Mr. Mr. Director? Like, really bad, right? And And you don't hear anything. Or maybe you hear, like, oh... You know, thank you. And she's like, oh no, no, no! Like I got like uh, I talked to the producer and like he told me that I'm Dorothy and like I re- I am Dorothy. Like you don't understand. I'm Dorothy. And her hair's in pigtails, and she's in overalls, and she's given this whole like literally a whole song and dance about how she's Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, we switched producers, so it's a different guy. So we'll call you. And she's like, oh. And she leaves, and then she's all embarrassed because she was going to miss her high school graduation for this audition that she didn't even get. And it's very cringy because of the acapella singing and then the very, very earnest, like, she literally says, like, Mr. Mr. Producer Man or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on? 
<laughs> just the little rascals. Oh. Like, yeah. Poor Tootie. Poor Tootie. Poor so Tootie. she does not get the role of Dorothy in The Wiz. And I don't know what touring company this is. Is it the school play? I don't know. They don't really address that, but. Off, off, Bridewater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So maybe I was conflating Facts of Life with Head of the Class because they did a, a musical every year, uh, every season. But um, but that's how big The Wiz is. It seeps into pop culture. Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And and um, and you're welcome, listeners. You can go watch The Facts of Life. <laughs> all, <laughs> all seasons now streaming on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I said before, I really like um, I'm a Mean Old Lion. Now... He's he's a carryover from from the from the stage production. The stage play, mm-hmm. yes. Now I was looking at that actor who plays the character Ted Ross. Ryan, Ted Ross, mm-hmm. and he's got one of those IMDb pages where there's no personal life. Oh, interesting! <laughs> and you know what that means? <laughs> he's family. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I, the thing about the 1939 Wizard of Oz is that this shit's the 30s. So it's like a whole different kind of um, acting and like theater and all that. Uh, so there's a lot of vaudeville yep. carryover, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess just kind of like a trope in vaudeville is men playing like effeminate, yes. right? And uh, all over the Cowardly Lion. And that's how mm-hmm. the Cowardly Lion is played very effeminate. You know, mm-hmm. King of the Forest, of King of the Forest, and like, and he's got the crown and the and the 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 he's got the cape that's made out of like a long like rug, like a runner. And he wears a cape and all that, and the curls and and when they do the curls, he like does these little like prancing around the around the stage and all that. And so the Cowardly Lion is a very effeminate character, but this is just the the big archetype that uh, Bert Lar, I think, is playing mm-hmm. in. The Wizard of Oz. Now, in The Wiz, we're watching, and what's his name again, the actor who's? Ted Ross. Ted Ross. I'm watching Ted Ross, and uh, I'm a mean old line is like kind of like a disco y mm-hmm. kind of song. Mm-hmm. It's got like a disco beat and everything. So I'm like, all right. And he's wearing like a he's wearing like a boot with like a heel. <laughs> I'm like, all right, he's got a boot with a heel. He has like a little lion suit. It's, this, he has like a lion leisure suit. It's well, pretty yeah, fly. The lion mm-hmm. costume is like built like a suit. It's like a coat with like pants and like buttons. Weird. But like I'm thinking, I'm like, is he playing it a little? Is he playing it a little like on purpose? A little feminine on purpose? Is he doing? Am I reading into it? I don't know. Was I reading into? it? Did you think he was playing it feminine? I don't know. But and then I went to his Wikipedia and it's just kind of a list of his credits and there's nothing in there about. Oh no, personal. I was no literally going to look. I was like, oh yeah, no, no nothing. nothing. Okay. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Never married. Yeah, no children, no spouses listed. But you know, okay. hey, he could have just been a very busy man. Bachelor for life. <laughs> Confirmed bachelor. <laughs> he Ted Ross is so good in that scene in the subway when he runs away and he has to come back. Oh, the gate, open clo- the the gate yeah. closes on him. I think yeah, he's so yeah. good in that scene. <laughs> it was really good. I was like really feeling for him. I was just like, I don't know, maybe I think maybe like deep down the cowardly lion is one of my favorite characters. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, he played that so well. Yeah. You know, not trying to get like deep, but like the internal struggle of trying to go back for his friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, we haven't talked about Nipsey Russell. Oh, <laughs> guy, Tin Man. <laughs> man, you know what's wild about Nipsey Russell? He was born in the teens. 
Yeah, he was old. He, he was. was. He was in his 50s when he made this movie. If not, like, prep mm-hmm. maybe 60 when he, yeah, when, when he made this movie. Mm-hmm. But Nipsey Russell was uh, a comedian. He was on, He did the game show circuit in the 70s. Sure. Would he be in, like, Match Game? He or, was or like, definitely on Match Game. Uh, Million Dollar Pyramid? Yeah. He was one of those celebrities that I only knew from Match Game and Pyramid. And I was like, are they famous otherwise? Like, are they famous because of this? Because, like, they, I thought they had to be, like, TV stars. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, there were people on there. I was like, what? <laughs> Richard Dawson was a was a uh, a panelist on, on Match Game. And I thought he was famous because he was the host of The Family Feud. He was on uh, Hogan's Heroes. But that was before my time. So I think Nipsey Russell had done so, you know, he had done some stuff, some television and movies and things, and he was a, com- a big comedian. But he later became a little bit more of a household name from from the match game. And uh, he kind of, I don't know, I think he had a reputation for being a little corny. Okay. Like, he's funny, but he's not like, you know. He's not breaking any any boundaries with his with his with his comedy. I think that's why there were like Nipsey Russell jokes on like the Golden Girls and stuff because mm-hmm. he was just kind of. Had I a feel like I my one of my big references for Nipsey Russell is probably a burn from Sophia. How are you feeling, kitten? Fine, Grandma. You're full of it, but that's okay. A brave front is the first step back. I think Bertram Russell said that, or was it Nipsey Russell? I get them confused. They're both so witty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I uh Tin Man songs, I'm kinda like, all right. So the Tin great. Man is introduced at the Coney Island boardwalk. They're kind yeah. of uh running down the roller coaster and mm-hmm. I as I'm watching these scenes, I keep watch I keep looking at Diana and her shoes. Okay. And I'm just like, girl, <laughs> you better watch your step okay. as you're as you're as you are like sprinting down. Yeah. I had so this many roller coaster track. <laughs> there was that, um, and the uh, when they're in the subway and they're running away from the thing, and she's yeah. just mobbing up those stairs. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and then and then at it. the end of the movie, she's running in the parking structure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, girl, your ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that they have her in some like the heel. It wasn't quite a stiletto; it was mm-hmm. a little thicker. So maybe there's some extra extra support there. A but, good dance yeah. wedge. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's crazy. Like you're mentioning all these set pieces that she's running through these are all real locations yeah that's what i think is really cool about the movie and one of my favorite aspects of it is the set design yeah is sort of taking these real life locations and just kind of making them oz just how they would set dress the the subway yeah Mm -hmm. and the baseball stadium the baseball stadium yeah yep yeah i got a lot of like warriors the oh, definitely, yeah. Influence because there was like mm-hmm. they probably shot well, and also just kind of an abandoned New York too. Yeah, yeah. that's very warriors. I yeah. really thought all of it was a soundstage. I, I had no idea that they were shooting. I like, think that some locations. of the stuff yeah. on stages is where they meet the cowardly lion. I think that's a lot. Okay, in New York, and that's probably one of the few movie studios that they worked with or like that they worked on. Probably okay. Eveline's factory. Yeah. Evelyn's okay. Yeah, that looks like it's probably a, a stage, um, but otherwise everything's so big. And some of those subway platforms, I mean, I take our subway here, but our subway's like ten stops. If that, yeah. the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I'm looking at that those platforms, like holy, just shit. how expansive those yeah. New York like, subways damn, are. Mm-hmm. That is huge. They have the room for it. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Um, 
but yeah, the when you when you start looking into it, you're like, oh, okay, these are all like actual locations that are still there. The um that World's Fair Pavilion was like all dilapidated in the 70s, and it's still kind of run down <laughs> to this day. I don't think they've really done much with it. What is it now? Nothing. It's just. just- is it just abandoned? Kind of. Kind yeah. of like the Wiz? I think they've painted it, but it's like it's a park. Okay. It's a park. You can just go there. But I don't think they do anything there because I don't think the, the where they were, where all the munchkins were, mm-hmm. I think it's a, like an open air, like, um, mm-hmm. what am I trying to say? Like, a, a, not a coliseum. A, what do you call a little theater that's a shell? Amphitheater? Amphitheater. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just like an open-air kind of amphitheater type of situation. Yeah, but I don't think it's like anything. They've put structures there, and they fixed the big towers with the spaceships on top. They're fixing those. Okay. But, yeah, it's not really much. Christian, we forgot to ask you, what's your favorite song? Uh, Home. I'm very partial to that song, even though... Okay. um, Yeah, that... Did I like the first song? (laughs) I think so. And, and just like is, any reprise. And is, Home is yeah, the big, I yeah. mean, it's the big button that ends the movie. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like the perfect big button. And I think she sang it so beautifully. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one that maybe if I like, that's the song I think I would hear on the radio. Over sure. Yeah. Yeah. The road. <laughs> yeah. 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 But totally. um, yeah. <laughs> um, when we did get to the end of the movie and... Linda Lena Horn does a reprise of Believe in Yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's Believe in Yourself, and it's very like slow and it's ballady and like Lena Horn is like going off. <laughs> she is like doing the thing. Yes. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> with like floating babies around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I say the? Um, I get that it was a 70, yeah. seven, 70, 78, 78, 78. shot in seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, special effects or whatever yeah, they are yeah, in that yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> the way they had Diana Ross floating through the universe, <laughs> like Coochie first, was very <laughs> sure. <laughs> or when, when yeah, when the snore, when the snow turned. Tornado brings her to Oz. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I felt that was downplayed. Like the the idea of a <laughs> snowstorm taking someone away. I mean, not nothing to do with special effects, but the thought of a snowstorm taking someone away over a tornado just felt very yeah. empty to me. Um, sure. But yeah, no, that whole special effect was very... No, it's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And that skirt, it's a very flowy fabric, whatever it is. <laughs> Chiffon, maybe. Chiffon. But <laughs> it's very flowy. She does a lot of spins and things. And so it's, it's, there's movement to it. But yeah, there's parts where you're like, woo. Just <laughs> <laughs> cracked me up. Look away. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of the effects are wild. And, uh, I, I particularly enjoyed the, uh, floating babies. Around. Yeah. The, the floating babies <laughs> were, it was a nice touch. <laughs> There, uh, like, the babies? stream that we watched off Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. there were some very beautiful matte paintings in this movie. Yeah, there's some there's some mm-hmm. cool work in there. Yeah, um, it's interesting the way that, that they do depict New York because it's like not like there's f- uh, five Chrysler buildings, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> and like the it's em- the New York from the Wiz. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and like the Emerald City at points, it's like it's all of. Manhattan, but then when they get there, it's just like this little square, the little plaza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're just they're being fanciful, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think it's just a lot of that 
partially coked out, partially it's just, speaking of, it's just the 70s. Speaking of coked out and because <laughs> it was the 70s, out. we yeah. have not talked about how they portray the poppies. <sighs> oh, which are which are the the sexy disco ladies, the poison poppies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's it's like literally the red light district. Yeah, Since, yeah, yeah. I was again children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wizard of Oz movie for the family, <laughs> rated G. Yeah, yeah, Ra- it's rated G. By the way, it is not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, the 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 poison poppies are hookers, mm-hmm. right? But- yeah. I don't know if they're in the musical. Oh, okay. Um, but then also, like we're saying, like I mentioned before, Eveline's like the Wicked Witch of the West. She's got this crazy factory and, you know, it's the big climactic scene. You've got it. Oh, also, first of all, he's straight up in the 1939 version and we're not going to keep comparing it. But the, wiz- the wizard just says, bring me the broom. Of the Wicked Witch You had to correct me on this earlier because I have yeah. sort of a false memory. He doesn't say, go murder that lady, mm-hmm. right? Because I was just kind of wondering. I'm like, I don't really remember like Judy Garland morally wrestling with killing the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> because Richard Pryor straight up says, mm-hmm. go kill the Wicked Witch of the and West. I think that, mm-hmm. Kill evil. And I think that's in the book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Although there are shots of them walking, wandering through the forest and um, – they're carrying uh, at the same time a net, like a like a dog catcher net. And the scarecrow has a gun. Well, I was going to get there. Yeah, but the, <laughs> there is a, a there is a, a spray can that looks like fumigator, and it says witch repellent. And the scarecrow is just holding a gun. He just has a, a handgun, a pistol. That is amazing. Yeah, so maybe they are going to go murder her. But all the wizard says is bring me the bring me the broom. And Richard Pryor is straight up, go kill evil. <laughs> <laughs> go kill this lady. And, um, you know, when they go for their final showdown in her factory and she's got all her workers like in this sweatshop. I don't know what they're making. Yeah. It's not clear. No. Oh, <laughs> there's one thing in the sweatshop that caught my eye. And I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but in this like wide shot. Mm-hmm. And they're like doing their dance, or Eveline. I think she's doing. I don't or don't bring me no bad news. Yeah. And someone accidentally kicks a cup. Oh. <laughs> and it's just rolling around, <laughs> like in the middle. And it's pro- it's probably like it's not probably noticeable to yeah. anyone else, but to yeah. me, I was yeah. just like the- H- <laughs> HD TVs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. That many dancers. They're probably just like we got it. We're not doing this again. Prince. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I feel like I didn't even notice or clunk or whatever that we were watching. And I was like, I guess that's a toilet. Yeah. The ge- <laughs> so, like, I, this is what I'm trying to figure out. It's just like, again, you realize things when you're older. You're like, yeah. oh, she's- why do they have a sprinkler system? <laughs> if she's allergic to water. If she's allergic to water. QTNA. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very weird thing. But then yeah. when the water did start and then she falls down the hole, I realized, oh, wait, no, that was a toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the lid comes mm-hmm. down and closes, you're like, okay, that's really a toilet. That's a toilet. So what are we, like, they changed the Wicked Witch into a shit monster. Yeah. And that's <laughs> very unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what did actually make me laugh, though? When they're all there, they've, they've captured the, the, the flying monkeys, which are like motorcycle leathermen 
Yeah. Hybrid yeah. creatures. Capture them, bring them to Eveline. And she's like, you killed my sister, my twin sister. And she has a picture. <laughs> and the way she just points to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just a mirrored picture of her. It's not even her dressed differently, but mm. like, oh, clearly that's still, you know, Mabel King. No, it's just a flipped <laughs> image. It was so good. I died. I was like, that's funny. That's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, there were a, little, a lot of things I felt um, that I like, I laughed out loud for that I don't. I'm sure we're not on purpose. Unintentional, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a... Okay, every time that they walk to the yellow brick roads and they would say out of service, the cabs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I just, yeah. for whatever reason, I just like get a little cackle out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's this thing that Diana Ross does. And she does it after she... Uh, the first time Miss One tells her to uh, go find the yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. And all the munchkins and everyone disappears. And she yeah. walks back in this quiet space and she's like... This one, this one, this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she did that a couple she times does. throughout the movie, and I, like, I was like sobbed. I was just like, that is such a jump, Diana. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, is it written that way, or are you, you made a choice? Gonna, I'm just gonna add a little, a little beat here. <laughs> yeah, and she, when she's playing timid Dorothy, it's very timid, and when yeah. she screams, it's like woo. Yeah. And I think I that's mean, why it shocked me so much. I was yeah, like, oh. I mean, she is a school teacher. Right? So she does like have her <laughs> does she, her stern voice. Listen up, her, kids. Mm-hmm. And you hear it when she um when she saves the scarecrow from the 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 subway pillars? No, 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 no. no, no. From the blackbirds. From the blackbirds. Oh, yep. the crows. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. The jive-ass turkeys. Yeah. I was like, this is offensive. <laughs> yeah, I was... <laughs> that was another thing. I was like, um, how do we feel about these crows in this And movie? especially now that I know that Joel Schumacher wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I watched a little bit of The Wiz Live from a few years ago, and how they did the crows is a little different on The Wiz Live. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. They yeah. don't look exactly they don't like the look, crows from Dumbo. They don't look exactly like the crows here. Okay. From Dumbo? Mm-hmm. No. Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wish I remembered more from the live one. Um, I watched all the major numbers. The one okay. with uh, Amber Riley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Miss, w- Miss One is not called Miss One in the stage production. She has, a, she has a different name. They call her Miss One in this because it's like Alphabet City and she's a numbers runner. And they're making it very New York. Mm-hmm. You okay. know? It but looks like she's holding an iPad. It's a chalkboard. It's a chalkboard. But it, looks like, it looks like my iPad. But it's because she's mm-hmm. uh what do you call it? Like uh, the numbers. She's like they do this. It's like a thing where they go around and it's, it's gambling. And it's just. Oh, okay. It's gambling. And so. It's a thing that like guy. It's a it's in uh, Goodfellas, and it's just um, you know you just go around. And you're like, hey, like you want to buy a square and like uh, all that stuff. It's just she's a you know she's 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 a she's a thief. <laughs> <laughs> she is a pickpocket and a thief. Essentially, <laughs> that's what the whole like the number numbers game is just like going around and telling people and like you know they it was a thing and like you know neighborhoods and. Doing a little lot, they would call it like Italian lottery or whatever, because okay. it's just like a guy would come and just like, hey, you want to bet? 
on whatever, and the you're not betting on anything. It's literally just a game that they are making up on the spot, like the episode of The Simpsons where they, uh, <laughs> the episode of The Simpsons after they go to the they go to the symphony and they're walking on the oh the three card Monty the, the three kinda, card yeah Monty. it's kind of like a three okay. card Monty kind of thing, but it's like yeah they'll have a big board and they'll be like squares or she she's got like a chalkboard it's just like a yeah numbers running an Italian lottery it's a whole like. Uh, underground kind of okay. thing. It's shady. I, I did not know that. It's shady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so so that's why she's Miss One in this, but she did not have that name in the show. And Amber Riley is that character. So she sings He's the Wiz. But, mm-hmm. um, okay. yeah. I was just about to look it up and see what it is. Because um, I'm not super familiar with the Broadway show. Add a Pearl. Okay. Adam Pearl. Pearl is her name. Okay. Um, yeah. And so they kind of, they do a little bit more, uh, which is connected to the book in that there are the four witches. There's mm-hmm. the Good Witch of the North and the South, which in the... There's Glinda and Galinda. Go- well, well it, that's all, it, that's all what's his name. Isn't Galinda from the South? That's all what's his name. Um, Gregory Maguire? That's all Gregory But Maguire. don't they mention Galinda from the South, though, in this movie? It's just Glenda. Yeah, Glenda oh, is okay. just from the South. Um, but Gregory Maguire came up with his own names for uh, Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, the only name that we that we know from the source material is Glinda. And then they're all just... There's the, the Witch of the North and then the, the two Wicked Witches. But in the, the Judy Garland movie, there's just Glinda. She's the only good witch, mm-hmm. period. Um so, so the whiz actually kind of sticks a little bit more to this to the story in the in the source material. If okay, you want to get down to it. <laughs> I read it once in uh, silent sustained reading in like the fourth grade or something. I think that Anne Hathaway narrates the Audible edition. Oh, interesting. I'll have to download it. Interesting. Um, and I remember reading it and being like, "What the hell? It's so weird." It's so weird. It's one of those things. And we talked about it when we talked about Flash Gordon in that it's old as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz. I mean, it's like it's like pre-1900. Yeah. So, you know, and there's like multiple books and all that. But it's like, it's not like you're reading Twilight and like one book goes Sure. Through. Right. <laughs> not like Twilight is like, you know, like a beacon of modern literature but the thing is uh it's old and it's weird and it's like a, a modern audience are reading it you're just like what in the hell are they talking about and there's not a lot of through lines and characters come and go and so it's not even like well i'm gonna read all the wizard of oz books in a row it's like it doesn't really matter there's no like mm-hmm. there's no rhyme or reason to any of it it's just a crazy land that he <laughs> that's just not you know the real world um but you know we've got we've got these great uh adaptations and you would and you grew up more on return to oz right i did return I to oz really a movie did. that i did not grow up on yeah i really enjoyed it because return it to oz scary. you need to watch it it's on disney plus it's on disney plus okay it's fucking wild well i mean as soon as you said fruza balk i was like okay yeah she's i mean a, she's nine she is a little in. girl in it too <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but she's but she's in it she's at least she's dorothy and the other thing is that it's a disney movie and they really went hard on this is a sequel to the to the judy garland version okay which it is and it isn't 
they do take a lot from the source material and then they do kind of take stuff from the from the from the Judy Garland movie, but there's a lot of like red tape around that movie because sure. of like MGM and the the ruby slippers being ruby slippers, all that stuff. They're, they make the ruby slippers um silver, silver or white. Like they are in the book in this movie. And I know that when they made The Wiz, I think that Sidney Lumet really went out of his way to make it very separate from The Wizard of Oz. I yeah. was reading a quote from him. They made a brilliant movie. And even though our concept is different, they're Kansas, we're New York, they're white, we're black, and the score and the books were totally different. We wanted to make sure that we never overlapped in any area. Mm-hmm. So I think that he really set out that he's going to make a very different type of take on the material still scary mm-hmm. when uh and there's analogies like when eveline tries to s- take the shoes mm-hmm. and her hand oh yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like crumbles backwards <laughs> that shit's amazing <laughs> yeah, the, the whole scene was really harrowing for me yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. We're seeing him get like tortured. Yeah. Like Guantanamo Bay style. Yeah. When they pull the lion up by his tail, you're just like, ooh. It was was a lot. That's got to hurt. Cutting the (laughs) scarecrow in half and then um, like melting the tin man. How did they unmelt the tin man? Didn't he say so when they found him that he, or maybe I made that up, that he was crushed and. He said something about being hollow. They put him in like yeah. a George Foreman grill. <laughs> and he was more to flatten him than to like melt him. But yeah. Yeah. But then we get uh, the scantily clad dancers right after that. Oh, so, this number. Well, because like I was saying before, I thought that I had made it up that they were scantily clad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Now they're unzipping. Yeah. And then they unzipped. And I was like... I remember them being scantily. I don't remember them being like like naked. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, they are real like they're real naked." This right whole now. number, a brand new day, and this is when we really see. Oh, it's Diana. Yeah, we're like, "There's Diana. There's yeah. Diana there right she there. Is. There <laughs> she is, right there." Because her voice, she was able to like really Carry, use her voice yeah. and like, yeah. Uh, that that's that's a fun number. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from all the, there's a lot going on in it. The, the, mm-hmm. the dance so much <laughs> jumping off. I mean, tables. yeah, <laughs> a lot of jumping off tables. That song right yeah. there, "Gay Rights." You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what we love though about musicals from this era, like seventies and eighties musicals, is that there's all these dancers, and dancers are fit, right? Dancers have amazing bodies, obviously, because of what they do. But you get in the late 70s and 70s and 80s, you get those male dancers who are just like bald with a mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, yeah, he's hot. Like you would never see like no. a, a bald mustachioed dance. Great body or not, you, you would, would never, never see you that. You would never see a bald mustachio like dance pit crew, movie. Pit crew member, yeah. let alone a dance movie. But in these oh, old yeah. movies, you would just see a dude with a receding hairline <laughs> and a big old bushy mustache and just like, all right, there he is doing his thing. He's hot. Yeah, he's working it out. <laughs> they're all they're always there. You just find the mustache guy. Big year for movie musicals in 1978. This is year the this is the year Grease came out. Oh, okay. Is it Greece, a Grease a wild runaway hit? Yeah, in 1978. So famous, probably what 81. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Grease would have been because of Saturday Night Fever, or did Saturday Night Fever come after? I feel like Trafalgar oh, was the draw that on that. A, yeah, that is a good Cold, question. I want to say Saturday Night Fever was after. Did I say live and I meant fever? You almost said live, but you said fever. fever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Fame is 1980. Okay, Saturday so Night Fever is like, 77. It is the year before okay. Greece. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like... Travolta was the grab. Yeah, man. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, so like dance movies, um, especially kind of with this like disco kind of lean. I mean, and kind of at a time where the movie musical, there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, there was stuff like Cabaret, but that's so specific to Cabaret that you can't even compare it to something like this. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Grease and then and and, and it was in their both. Uh, well, they're all kind of coming from stage productions, mm-hmm. but both Grease and The Wiz are wildly different than their wildly different, <laughs> wildly different types of musicals and wildly different various of success. That The Wiz ended up losing a lot of money, right? And yeah. I think it was compared so much to the stage production that people were turned off by it, right? With people that were familiar with it. Greece, on the other hand, I think has a reputation of being better than the stage musical. Oh, okay. The movie. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I know. I didn't know that. I was going to say, as far as like why The Wiz didn't make it the way it was mm-hmm. or where they thought it should be, was because Michael wasn't really Michael at that point. Right. Sure. But then I also remember that like Diana Ross was still Diana Ross and people were like, no, we're not into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. She was already established at that point. Um, Jackson was, yeah. Jackson 5 was just ending. Just ending. He was just getting into his solo stuff. I think his dad was very against him being in this movie. Really? Which, if he wasn't in this movie, oh, he wouldn't Joseph. have had his... Oh, well, there's a lot of things. He wouldn't that, have had I mean, his, his yeah. creative partnership with... <laughs> with with Quincy Jones. With Quincy Jones, yeah. too. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, jo- jo- Joseph is not a good judge of... Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> We cared. don't want to take one. <laughs> um, but, like, if they released The Wiz around Thriller, I'm sure it'd oh, have been... Man, yeah. Sure. Packed. Yeah. But then, yeah... The order of operations needs to be the order of operations I so also, we yeah. get to throw when it out there. When yeah, we were yeah. watching it this afternoon, because this movie took us three sittings. Because we had a lot going on this week. We had to divide this movie, this almost two and a half movie, up to three different sittings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think that the big turnoff of this movie with critics and maybe some audience members, I think it's the last 20 minutes. Really? That I think that there's something about after the big... Dance number after brand new day. The pacing just sort of really slows down. Yeah, and you. But that said, you get Diana's really beautiful song at the end. Yeah, but there's just something about the pacing that it kind of hits this high, and you're yeah. sort of coming down from it. Right, and, and you get Richard Pryor, and he doesn't really have anything to do. He doesn't really have anything to do. He's yeah. not really doing. I mean, not that of course he's not going to do Richard Pryor. Yeah, but like. He's not very funny. Like, the funniest thing he did was, like, look out from the eye of, like, the statue. Yeah. I'm like, hey, there he is. <laughs> he took one of the funniest people in the world and just kind of... Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Gave him of, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I totally understand why that last bit drags and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I had to sit through those babies. <laughs> <laughs> really. And, and Lena just, like, Lena. belting it out. <laughs> um and then I was surprised when it just went to credits. That yes, it was like, sure. no, yeah. we're not, we're not seeing her back with because I know Auntie M and and uh, yeah, Jebediah, whatever. <laughs> they're kind of big to the story. 
I assume. Yeah. And like we get that really nice song from her from Auntie M at the mm-hmm, beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we never hear from her. And then again. that's it. Yeah. She just goes home. <laughs> she just appears back in the lovely streets of Brooklyn. Still Where snowy. no one is. Yeah. <laughs> Empty. An abandoned <laughs> an abandoned snowy yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also read that uh you know, like you're saying Michael's people didn't want him to be in this movie and he wasn't as big of a draw and they really wanted Jimmy Walker JJ from uh, (laughs) Dynamite (laughs) that was not the name I thought you were going to say (laughs) they wanted they wanted Jimmy Walker from Good Times for the Scarecrow well the only reason I could see that is because he's lanky he's tall and thin yeah Yeah. he's lanky Um, but he I guess he's turned it down oh yeah which okay I'm, i mean they're singing and dancing maybe he's just like i don't know not my jam. yeah <laughs> i wonder if um now kind of when you do the whiz on stage now mm-hmm. i know that you can win wasn't you can't win you can't win wasn't in the original musical really and right. he wrote it for michael Okay, so I I guess that song now is just canon with the musical, just because. But it's that such happens, a, like that happens yeah. with Greece. That mm-hmm. happens with with musicals that become movies that go back to being musicals. Mm-hmm. They pull things that work mm-hmm. and like incorporate them. But yeah, that's in the that's now part of the stage show that wasn't originally. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Okay. And that actually that's one of my favorite songs from the movie. So good. Yeah. And the fact that that's his first song, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's what I came here for yes. to hear him sing. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I like I could tolerate Diana. Again. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, like you said, their harmonies, and I'm just like, hmm. yeah, yeah. What was so crazy for me as a kid is Michael's makeup. Mm-hmm. His his nose is a little peanut butter cup. Yeah. <laughs> With his popcorn butt. It's a his, peanut butter his cup. His popcorn bucket hat. His his hat his hat is a popcorn bucket, and I did not like as a kid that he. Is made of garbage. Yeah. His pants are like trash bags. And when he does pull his little hat off, and he it's pulls like the thing out. stuffings. Yeah. yeah. And I just, um, again, one of those things where it's just like, while this movie wasn't great, I think he played that so like. Yeah. I, I felt like my heart kind of yeah. broke for him. <laughs> yeah. And then when he's getting cut of, it's fine. I'm just trying. I was like, yeah. What are we doing? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then the other thing, too, is that, like, you see him. He's the scarecrow in this. The makeup and the costuming is really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's really iconic and very – it's an iconic kind of silhouette. Yeah. That when you see Michael in 78, it's like late stages Jackson 5. So he's he's got an afro still. Mm Mm-hmm. His first nose, <laughs> but you know the little peanut butter cup is hiding it. <laughs> right, you would never know. You don't, you don't notice it. Um, so I, I kind of you have images in your head of Michael at certain times, mm. and I never really put it together how young he was. Yeah. in this movie, I always thought he was just like off the wall era. You know, and the yellow, I mean, the yellow sweater a, from Vanessa Huxtable's bedroom, and it's such a transformation for him too. Yeah, when you look at him in the full costume, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The makeup effects are insane in this movie. So good. Yeah, early Stan Winston, it's Stan Winston. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, he went on to. If you're not familiar, which I don't know how you aren't, but if you're not familiar, listeners, Stan Winston created Terminator, the Terminator. Yeah. He created the the T Rex in Jurassic Park, all the dinosaurs in Jurassic. He's like a 
powerhouse like legend in movie makeup and early work on the whiz the crazy shit that he did with even with like the tin man with nipsey russell like his face like that's insane that looks so good mm-hmm. um but yeah, some of the the, I, the costumes were so good that as a kid, I just like it really kind of evoked like trash and like because yeah. you know? <laughs> even the Tin Man, he's like kind of like leftover pieces like mm-hmm. from the carnival or whatever. Um, so I was always like, oh my god, they're like, ooh, that's like this is City Wizard of Oz, this <laughs> 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 ain't Country Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, there was though there were those their costumes. Um, I thought the flying monkeys being motorcycles was brilliant. Oh yeah. yeah. Super um, cool. And the faces, like everything about it was. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. The way their faces moved and like their mouths look like almost like puppetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looked like the PJs. Did you watch PJs? Oh, with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. The claymation show. <laughs> yes, yes. Because it was like their mouths were like pieces on the, on masks, the way the a, a stop motion yeah, yeah. character's mouth is just stuck on the face. Um, and the the shapes of it, I was like, that's one of the PJs. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were they were really cool. And there's a very specific we we just went to the Eagle on Sunday. There is a very specific black leather community oh yes okay. onyx onyx yep. on sunday nights mm-hmm. at the eagle <laughs> <laughs> beer bus in the afternoon onyx in the evening and it is the black leather <laughs> oh. night okay and yeah and it's just it's what you think of like gay leather community mm-hmm. just black dudes okay <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind of interesting. You're like, oh yeah. I mean, what? Why would they be <laughs> like? Yeah, we it's have just levels. a scene. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just another scene. But um, but it's there. And I was very much getting that from the <laughs> from, from the this... flying monkey. <laughs> yes. Okay. I see it because they're like motorcycle guys. It's very much a fetish thing happening yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was intentional, but you know. uh, but I hey. mean. <laughs> New York in the late seventies and early eighties. The leather scene was very wild. Leather scene yeah. was, was pretty wild at that time. Oh, yeah. Um, going back to the Wiz Live, mm-hmm. the when they first get to the Emerald City, compared to how, when they get to the Emerald City in this movie, mm-hmm. which one were you guys like partial to? Sure. <laughs> I did not watch the Emerald City sections. Really? I just watched the major character numbers. Oh, okay. Have you seen it? I have. Okay. Um. Discuss. Well, in <laughs> in the live version, um, like the the NBC live version, not yeah. like I went to Broadway yeah. and stuff. Right, like yeah. sure, we're clear. Clearly, um, yeah. it's ballroom. Oh, interesting. Oh. That's cool. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. They did a really good job. Um, I can't forget the I forget the choreographer, but it, it was really great. It's my favorite, probably like live adaptation of anything i've ever seen all right all right that's cool okay we're gonna what is the song from when they get to emerald city because we'll have to look that up uh we both well i assume that it was all on peacock because they were all on nbc it was just clips it is not oh yeah. just clips. It's just you clips. have yeah. to you have to rent it it's not the mm-hmm. full thing. yeah they want it they want our money <laughs> which is fine then what was that song but yeah we'll have, we'll look that we'll look that one up that's okay. fun yeah because yeah. As we know, I think it's just called the Emerald City sequence on the soundtrack. Well, that's very clinical. Mm-hmm. 
That's not very creative. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but um, Emerald City Ballet. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, yeah. we'll, look, we'll look that up. Those scenes are wild of just sort of being over 20 years removed from September 11th and just yeah. seeing seeing those like arches on the building. Yeah. And yeah. You, like, you just remember those images of it in just like yeah. in the rubble. Yeah. yeah. And then just there it is in the whiz. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's, it's oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just, uh, when they their shots when the whiz when the whiz is speaking to them and he's like, oh, because they're all talking about like green is the color, and then he's like, oh, green's not the color red, anymore. Now it's red, red. red. yellow. And the shots, you know, I, I guess he's supposed to be at the top mm-hmm. of the towers, and they pan up, and it's a, like a mat, it's a painting or something. There's a bridge connecting the two towers yeah. in the, you know, in these shots, which is like, Oh, that's crazy. That's just something you know, to make it more whimsical or to make yeah. it more like otherworldly or whatever. But yeah, it's like, that's it. That's that. Like, that's pretty much uh ground zero. That's where the memorial is now. Right. Now, that yeah. whole space. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the plaza in between the two of them. Um, yeah, it's wild. I mean, the twin towers found its way into, Set pieces of two major Hollywood movies. It's this and King Kong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I, it's somewhere I, else. The Simpsons. Yeah. Homer parked his car there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he got a boot on it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. That I. There's a lot of stuff online about those scenes. Um, in the movie and you know there's all those dancers and they're all wearing these like fabulous costumes mm-hmm. and there's uh there's like a, a bit of imdb trivia or something that'll say like joel joel schumacher used his connections in fashion well i mean to like get all these costumes clearly out there and you know when you look in the imdb trivia i don't know if it's in the cast list or not but it says it says iman is in there really yeah I mean, but, it makes sense. I mean, if they just brought in a bunch they of... Just, if they if needed they just every of, black model in New yeah. York City, mm-hmm. okay. like, in 78, I she would probably be in there. I mean... Yeah. Because yeah. 200 dancers and models, like, strutting around. Please, come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need you if you're over six foot or 5'10". We need you. Um yeah, but that but that's one of those things that it's like I don't know, who knows is it true is mm-hmm. Iman in there maybe maybe you know <laughs> is IMDb trivia credited yeah yeah <laughs> is IMDb trivia apocryphal possibly but I like to think she's in there somewhere I think so yeah maybe um, in gold I'd like to see her in gold mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, just remembered because we were talking about the towers mm-hmm. um, so at the end when they're going up to or they go up to they find the wizard and. They walk past the the head. Yeah, there's something that the way that is that he said it. It was Michael. He said, "There's a point where it sounded like he said, guess who got head,' but that's not what he said." <laughs> <laughs> and I had to stop and yeah, rewind, <laughs> turn the caption on. Look who got ahead. <laughs> Look who got ahead. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. Because I was like, oh, wordplay. <laughs> Clever, <laughs> but that's not the line, <laughs> and I can't remember. It's a blanket, and I'm yeah, like, I thought I the took the note. Is. Oh man, so dumb. <laughs> Listeners, go find the line. <laughs> please, please do it. It's literally, put when on, they first walk in, <laughs> put on your put on your your closed captions. 
Um, yeah, but that's that's the thing. It's like it's it's all this mm-hmm. you know all this story, all of this like spectacle, song and dance, and then yeah, the last scene you're just in this room, this saddle this room, black room with like a cot. I was so upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We blow all the budget. Yeah, now. <laughs> and you you know we do get two we get three songs because yep, Dorothy sings believe. Mm-hmm. Glenda sings Believe, <laughs> then Dorothy sings Home. Yeah. Home. And they're all ballads. So, so maybe that's why it drives <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. 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 We so can't do anything a little more upbeat here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why, to Scott's point, the ending is a little like, all right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, this, the, 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 you just see like Snow Flurry. And she's home, and then it's over. It's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I like. I was legitimately disappointed, even though I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Like, wait, that's that's it. Man. That's all. That's, that's all. all. There's no extended cut somewhere. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And Aunt, it was how long was she gone? Was Aunt Em looking for her? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I thought you moved out. <laughs> Finally, we put the treadmill in your room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put up the exercise bike. <laughs> I mean, it would have been. Interesting to see if this movie would have been a success. What kind of movies would have been made right. off of the success of this movie? Because mm. I mean, famously in the nineteen seventies, this is the time of black exploitation. Yes, where kind of there was an audience for movies with black people in them, mm-hmm. and kind of what? when you when you look on Wikipedia, <laughs> black people wanted to see themselves at the movies. And when you look on Wikipedia, what? it's kind of a bummer of that, like, black exploitation in the 70s just kind of ended with the failure of The Wiz. Like, why did it have to be The Wiz? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most expensive one. Oh, yeah. I think the rest okay. of them were just made so kind of, like, inexpensively that they were just, like, cranking them out. And then this one was their big budget, mm-hmm. like kind of thing and then they said nope this no, not we can't give anymore. you guys any money anymore yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to go back to well i mean there were other ones there was like dream girls and sparkle was dream girl dream girls was absolutely not a movie then was it <laughs> no not until sparkle was which was a ripoff of dream girls but that which was would a be like of... the mid-2000s like sparkle and then i think sparkle was like 2012 and then dream girls 2006 isn't there an 80s version of sparkle Oh, uh, I mentioned it. Joel Schumacher wrote it. Right. I think it's from the 70s. Yeah. 70s. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably before The Wiz. The Wiz might have really been the last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, there was, there was a lot of great TV, though, in the late 70s and the early 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was maybe this movie was a financial failure but, but i it, think it has gone on to it definitely have a really has big, found its audience yeah, though it's really from just sort of it being rerun on cable mm-hmm. and kids growing up yeah, on it and it was rerun mm-hmm. on cable a lot like you said you saw it on disney i think i saw it on like hbo or something mm-hmm. um and i think it just has that built-in audience of the wizard, the of, wizard of oz, of oz. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. yeah um and yeah, I feel like when you're a kid and you're just like, oh, okay, it's a Wizard of Oz movie, I I, I feel like it's at least for me, like we weren't like, oh, that's like that's like that black movie. We we're just like, it's a Wizard of Oz. Like, right. It's a Wiz. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I don't think kids or like young people hopefully mm. are able to view it that way or were able to view it that way. And so it didn't really have any sort of like, it didn't really have any barrier to break down because it was just a family movie. It was just a musical. Kids just like, I don't know. Yeah. 
Kids were into it. And like I mentioned we at the were. top of the show, I think that my hook with it was just the urban environment was just something that was so different. Yeah. Of just kind of being set in New York. Yeah. In this crazy New York. Yeah. yeah. Because at that point, New York was kind of like Thunderdome to people. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like if you can show it in this way mm-hmm. and have it be colorful and yeah. vibrant and yeah. then like maybe middle America will come pay money yeah <laughs> yeah because because otherwise we had like sesame street or else it was like you're gonna get mugs yeah you're gonna yeah. shanked <laughs> as soon yeah. as you get off the plane yeah this is all pre uh who 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 cleaned up Times square was that giuliani giuliani yeah oh wow <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> back when he was america's mayor <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah so that was like the early 2000s so yeah you could still go see a peep show for a quarter i mean that was kind of more with Giuliani in like the mid nineties, the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I miss being able to see a peep show for, I do not remember. I do not remember that. I'm too young for that. But can you imagine like <laughs> times square? Mm-hmm. Like when you watch like Superman and shit, like times square, there's like fully porno theaters. <laughs> yeah. Go like, see, you, yeah. You go see like a nudie movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's just something people used to do. Yeah. And <laughs> It's Times Square. It's not like it's tucked yeah. away in some corner. It is like boom. It's like place. Yeah. Now it's like center of Manhattan. Now it's yep. like uh, you know uh, Guy Fieri and like, <laughs> Bubba Gumps and shit. <laughs> like, oh God. You know. Bring bring back the bring back the red light district, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the Times Square I want to experience. Yeah. <laughs> Well, any last thoughts on the whiz uh, that we got? Mm. I mean, we mentioned in this episode that Michael Jackson is a very has a very complicated legacy, but yeah. the thing about the whiz is that it's Michael Jackson from a very specific time in his career. Yes. Too, where you really can see the talent in that guy. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like it it was untapped. Yeah. Um because, I mean, I, how people perceived him coming from the Jackson 5, mm-hmm. I don't know right off. Like, I know people yeah. were into it, and, but people really weren't into it until the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, like, I guess just without this movie, like I said earlier, we can wonder what it would have been like if he had made this movie in the 80s, but then we wouldn't have the lightning strike of him meeting Quincy and yeah. mm-hmm. kind of that taking his career where it did. Yeah, yeah. Because he did have a solo album before Off the Wall, but it was not didn't have Quincy, <laughs> so it's not wasn't as it's not memorable at all. Um, but yeah, and so it's like yeah, I think we'll probably leave the Michael discussion there. But he's really good. He's so good <laughs> he's in this. So we'll good. always have Michael in the Wiz. So yeah, he's this. so good in this. And, <laughs> and Captain EO. And, and Captain EO. Yeah. <laughs> We're Captain EO defenders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some parallels when you watch when you watch the two of these together. You, you can see it, but um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 iconic. It's a good iconic retelling. I love. Um, I'm I, I'm not a person who just immediately says no to a a reimagining or a, sure. a remake mm-hmm. or a, or a sequel or something like that. So I think this is really fun and and you know, uh, hot hot take. Representation matters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Very hot take. Yeah. And regardless of the mixed reviews she's seen, like, she was given, I think Diana's really good in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
When you get to see her being Diana, it's a good showcase of her. Of her, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think she played melancholy a little too, too melancholy. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, To the point where, like I said, I didn't really light up and I wasn't that interested until I heard Michael and saw him and then the lion came in and 10 men came. I'm like, Oh, okay. Now we're, yeah, we, yeah. it's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. But, but, but it's Diana. Yeah. Cause I'm a winner. I'm a winner, baby. <laughs> mahogany. Watch mahogany. <laughs> I mean, late seventies, Billy D. Williams. Oh yeah. Billy D. Get Williams. The hell out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so handsome. Is mahogany the one where she's turned, um, that gif where she's spinning around in the rainbow colors. Have we never seen that I don't before? know. I don't know if I've seen that. I think so. Okay. She's a fashion designer in Mahogany, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is. She absolutely is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, uh, this movie right now is streaming on Paramount Plus. If yeah. you're a subscriber. If you have Showtime. Um, oh, yeah. You have to have Showtime for that. <laughs> or it's not Showtime if you have that. Um, so you can check it out if you haven't seen it yet. But I mean, yeah. It's just – it's it's iconic. It's classic. Representation matters. <laughs> that's all that's always good um i love that we are just working up to the wizard of oz 1939 i mean we've done return to oz and the whiz now yeah we're getting there we're getting there we'll, mm-hmm. <laughs> listeners we'll get to it eventually <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah then it will be real gays <laughs> but christian thank you so much for coming thank you so on much. thanks for having me again it's so much fun yeah absolutely um we'd love to have you on again sometime in the future for another fun, maybe not a musical maybe not yeah maybe we'll 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 stray from that but uh, I mean unless it's a good musical well yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll do Dream Girls no. <laughs> but uh, but yeah thank you so much and until next time did you see those people they love me they all love me the men love me the women love me Mahogany. <laughs> Bye. Bye. (laughs) And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed. Fun episode. We love when we have Christian on. The Wiz. The Wiz. I'm glad we were able to revisit that movie. I feel like I don't watch it. Yeah, it was a fun movie that I don't think that we have actually watched it in its entirety for a while. Yes. Yes. And we're, I think we're the kind of people that like to start movies <laughs> and not finish them. Just because we're like, it's getting late. The Wiz <laughs> strikes me as a movie that we would probably put on at like 11 Check o'clock at night. Down. Exactly. Yep. When it's mm-hmm. way too late to, to finish it. But uh, yeah, gave us a good excuse. So listeners, give yourself an excuse to go watch this movie. But um, I think right now... Patreon shout-outs? Let's hear them. Yes, indeed. We would love to say hello and thank you. We have the most amount of patrons we've ever had. I love that. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We've got uh, Andrew, Laura, uh, let's see, uh, Rhett, Mitch, Thomas, Dan, C., Dan H, Whirly Flower Frog, Brenna, Jessa Rabbit, Lawrence, Danielle, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Heather, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emily, Melly, Aaron, Jessica, Nick and Shannon, Christine, and lastly, Rafino. Thank you, for you guys. Being 
So thank you so much for being patrons. All of the all of that support and donations go directly to keeping this podcast on the air, ad free for your listening pleasure. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us Thank you so much. Check out all the uh, supplemental things that you can get on there, like our over thirty watch with us commentary tracks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pop on the movie, pop on the track, and listen to us give our sparkling commentary live as you watch the movie. It's really fun. Um we might have some new things coming up if we have some time. Uh, Scott and I were thinking about doing just a comment or not a commentary, but just doing a, a an additional episode that's just not focused on movies, just talking about stuff. If you yeah. guys would like to hear that, you know, just our thoughts on what we've been watching. Maybe we'll um, recap Yellow Jackets or, <laughs> you know, talk mm-hmm. about what movies that we've seen recently in the theaters, anything like that. Um Give us a shout if you want to hear that. We'd be glad to do it, and we can mm-hmm. uh, put something on there. You know, uh, once a month for our patrons, uh, we'll check the levels and do something like that. But um, yeah, we're open to do more stuff like that. So head over to patreon.com for more information. We'd also love it if you would uh, like and subscribe and rate and review. Give us five stars. Pete, we have some new reviews. What? We haven't been reading them in a while, but I read a couple last time. But yeah, read, what do we have? Some reviews that you'd like to read? Yeah. Oh, okay. quick. Did you, did you, which ones have you done? I read uh, Bingeworthy and I think I did Dave from Jersey. But you can do the, the top two. Okay. Yes, we have some new reviews, Pete. Awesome. Five stars. Love you guys from Rudy Bob. Discovered your podcast through Paul and Erica that aged well and currently making my way through your back eps. I am probably a different demographic in that I am a hetero cis female in my 60s. Just listened uh-huh. to Polyester and it reminded me of the time in the early 80s living with my gay best friend. His friend called and said she was running away from home and asked if she could come to our apartment. She showed up in a Mercedes <laughs> her daddy had bought her in, in a full length mink coat. I could not stop laughing. Anyways, thanks for all that you do. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, that is a great story. I mean, all all sorts of people listen to our episode. Absolutely. It is just not for gay men. You know, you know, you know who loves the show? Did you see those people? They love me. They all love me. The men love me. The women love me. Mahogany. Mahogany. The they all, love us. The, the women they all love us, us Pete. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rudy Bob. It really means a lot Absolutely. to us. Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. there's one more little short one right underneath that. Uh, titled Love This Pod from Cupcake Cupcakey A. Unfortunately, none of these movies made me gay, but I'm still hoping it'll happen. <laughs> us too. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. But yeah, if you leave a, a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on a future episode. And uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify... Smash five stars. Yeah. Absolutely. Helps us out a lot in strange and mysterious internet ways. We've been doing really well in the in the charts for film and Yeah, we've been on Apple Podcasts top reviews. 50 yep. mm-hmm. for the past couple weeks for uh, film reviews. Yeah. So um, that's really fun. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see. What else? We're on all the socials. Yeah. Go ahead and have. give us a follow. Mm-hmm. We're, Facebook. We're at Movies Instagram. That Made Us Gay on Facebook and Instagram. 
Twitter at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. And if you want to follow our personals, feel free. I'm Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Good night.